sister in this life may the angels of god from today work them out for you in the mighty name of jesus christ anything that you need in this life may the yes. lord bring it to pass yes. in your life in the mighty name of jesus christ whatever that will make you successful i declare by the hand of the lord and by the voice of the spirit that i bring it to pass for you in the mighty name of jesus christ that let nothing hold your success back any longer let nothing delay your progress anymore everything that you need by the grace of god may the hand of god bring it to pass may you be counted as one of the successful in this life and even in the lives to come in the mighty name of jesus christ your endeavors shall be favored your movements shall be appreciated and the lord shall favor your offerings and your giftings in his sight in the name of jesus christ whatever you do may men look at it with favorable eyes and favor your decisions and your causes in jesus mighty name may you expand on every side may you progress in everything may you be successful in that which the lord has called you to do in the mighty name of jesus christ prosper in season and out of season excel with the wisdom of the lord may the lord cause you never to lose out on any good grounds any advantage you need in this life i declare that may it be given to you without fail by the power of jesus name may the joy of the lord surround your life any negative condition that you have found yourself in today i declare that let it turn out for your good in the name of jesus just as joseph was saying that you meant it for evil but the lord turned it out for good may this also be your story that whomever the enemy has employed to cause you harm to turn things out for evil for you today may the lord turn it out for good even for your advantage even for your advancement in the mighty name of jesus prosper in season and out of season and may the joy of the lord continually lift you up to the place of notoriety in jesus Jesus mighty name if you believe it type amen or say amen wherever you are hallelujah i want to amen. welcome you all to emmanuel christian assembly i am a humble servant reverend mccarthy Ejari. i'm here to serve you with the word of the lord with the information of the lord with the instructions of god Hopefully, by the grace of God, today at the end of the service, whether you will listen to us till the end or you will drop halfway through or you will even invite friends to listen to us, I pray that every moment of this service will count for something good in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is my desire that every one word of my lips will actually fall on the good grounds. Amen. It shall be Amen. a blessing to you. In the name of Jesus. Of Jesus Christ. It is Amen. my prayer that your time will not Amen. be wasted by the grace Amen. of God. Hallelujah. So Amen. that at the end of it all, when you live out of this place, you know for sure that something positive by the grace of God has rested upon your life and your life has been transformed. So today, I want your heart to be open for a yes. service that is unique it yes. may seem as if that we are in a classroom but yes. i want to tell you and i want to assure you that it's a biblical principle that yes. every child of god needs to have hallelujah yes. today yes. the topic for discussion 
is the power of negotiation. Mm -hmm. The power <laughs> of negotiation. Hallelujah. Amen. Negotiation. So those who, who are prepared to receive and to enjoy or to join the mm -hmm. service, please uh, make mm -hmm. sure that you you have your pen and your papers ready so mm -hmm. that you can put some stuff down. Because in this life, for anybody to be successful, mm -hmm. you have to know how to negotiate. Mm -hmm. You need to yes. know how to negotiate. If mm -hmm. you lack the ability to negotiate well, men will take you for a ride. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Because in this life, there is no place of peace in terms of business. Uh, they use a term called dog eats dogs. And therefore, if somebody feels that they are stronger than you, what they do is that they use their potency or their strength to overshadow you. So some of the workers or some of the businesses, what they do is to go into agreement and become bigger and stronger so that they can have more voice or control on in the market field. Mm. The Bible says that the Lord has put us in this life as sheep in the midst of wolves but we've got to be smart and be wise as serpents hallelujah not to be any kind of foolish people and then because of religion or because of spirituality we think that oh we have to be sober in places where we have to be prudent we have to work with prudency in places where we have to be smart we have to use the smartness that the spirit gives to us in places where we need to be able to speak up that place also have its own place to pray to play so it is important that you know the power of negotiation hallelujah so today that is the topic that we're going to deal with by the grace of god amen amen hallelujah and amen. the scriptures that we're going to be reading or focusing on is genesis chapter 30 hallelujah genesis amen. chapter 30 the whole story from from verse 1 through to the end or up to verse 43 Every one word in there talks about negotiation. Every activity or statement in there or story in within from chapter 30, from verse 1 to verse 43, it deals with negotiation. And our patriarch, our father of old Jacob, his life was much more like an example. If anybody is able to master the life of Jacob, you will never fail in this life. Amen. Yes. Yes. Anybody who actually sit down to study the life of Jacob, the patriarch, you will understand a whole dynamics of progress in terms of life, whether through difficulties, whether through uh, terrains of misunderstanding, whether through negotiation or any other thing that you need to do, you must understand that this life is a very important life. That is why I desire to know more about Jacob and I've been studying and been studying. The first book that I wrote by the grace of God was about him and how the mother will actually help him to negotiate through ways and means to bring the word of God to pass without their notice, without their notice. That's one major thing that shocked me. That both mom and son did not know that what they were doing was in alignment with the will of God. 
and yet in the face of men we thought that it was a bad dealings or a shrewd decisions that mom was taking to outwit the father who was blind and didn't know what isaac was doing people of god sometimes some of these things some some of the scriptures or some of the things that we we interpret the bible to be it is sometimes very difficult to um to bring it low when it comes to these days because it's very complicated let me put it that way sometimes very complicated but it takes the understanding of the spirit to bring those complications to realities of men hallelujah so today okay. i want to draw your attention to this fact of negotiation and we can see in the scriptures that the bible says that jacob even started negotiating when he was a little man when he was young he didn't know much he didn't have much idea of what life is all about and the bible says that his brother came from the farm and he was hungry and then he came and spoke to him so spoke to him and said listen I, I, i'm hungry and i've seen you cook some pottage or some porridge and i i desire to have some the scripture says that Jacob said to him that, listen, for you to take my porridge, I need you to also do some exchange. Yeah. Give me something in place of the porridge that I have set time to prepare. Hallelujah. It is Amen. not an error. It is not a mistake to do negotiations. Hallelujah. It's a vital Amen. tool to the progress of a Christian life. It's a vital tool. If a church does not know how to negotiate, if the people of God, the pastor doesn't know how to negotiate, and all that he knows is prayer, and all that he knows is that, and the Bible said, I'm telling you that this life, somebody will cheat on you quickly, and they will take undue advantage over you, thinking that you are stupid or you are not smart enough. But when you know the power of negotiation, and you understand the principles thereof, you know the things that you don't have to do in the midst of negotiation, then the lord gives you advantage over mm -hmm. every matter today all these things that i'm talking to you will be at play for you to see all of them in amen. jesus mighty name amen, amen. this story amen. that i'm beginning with is a story that is very common to every ear that jacob managed to take the birthright of his brother Esau because Esau requested for a porridge listen it was an agreement between the two that they will exchange position that you take my porridge which i have cooked and then i take your position as a sonship it wasn't something to say that it was a trickery no it was something that he requested for it that if you want to take my porridge what will you give in place of it and then jacob named the price and said that this is what i want and are you prepared to also part out your position as an elder to me so that you take the porridge and eat for one time? Mm -hmm. And the brother didn't know the power of negotiation. And mm -hmm. so he succumbed to the whole e event and said that, yes, what is it to me? The Bible used that statement. He said, what is it to me, the birthright when I am dying? Mm. Amen. And that is one of the most challenging situation or uh, negligible stuff that people neglect in terms of negotiation. That is neglecting to know the value of things that they are dealing with or the importance of what they are going into, especially in relationship, especially in a place of business, especially in, in ministry and all that. What will you do in place of that or, or what you are giving? That is your life. What are you getting in place of it? 
hallelujah, like your time Amen. that you are here on this platform, what will you gain at the end of the service? If at the end of the service, nothing profitable is added to you, you would have wasted your time. Hallelujah. And that is why I always pray that by the grace of God, your time is not wasted so that your time of spending with me will become profitable to you at the end of the service. So Jacob started his negotiating skills so early and very early in, in, in years. The Bible says that the disciples spoke to Jesus Christ. And they said to, uh, to him that, listen, whilst we have left all that we have, like our families and everything, and we are following you, what will we gain in return? Hallelujah. I want to strike this as part of the idea that must be in your mind as a negotiation child of God. Remember, the kingdom of God is always meant to prosper. That's the first point you have to have at the back of your mind. Anything that we do in this kingdom is to see the prosperity or the hand of God to make it profitable in life or to the kingdom of God. So whatever you are entering in, if it does not add value to you or it does not produce any substance of interest that can make your life profitable, remember that you have to think about that twice. Hallelujah. The Bible says something in Romans chapter 12, verse 10, the first scripture that I'm giving to you. I've given a couple of scriptures, but uh, without a quote of it. It says, be devoted to one another in love. And honor one another above yourselves and never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spirit, spiritual favor. Serving the Lord, be joyful in hope, patience in tribulation, and faithful in prayer. These are requirements of a child of God who is going into negotiation. The scripture does not want us to take undue advantage over people. Never to take the vulnerability of others for granted or the leniency of people for granted, especially in terms of business. Let me bring this as a caveat so that something that you do, maybe you may not do that. I hope you're not doing that. You begin to think about it carefully. That anyone who has employed you to work with them or work for them, they have valued what you can bring on the table. That is why they are allowing you to be with them. And you have also agreed to the terms and conditions of service. And so you are prepared to also offer your services to them. And therefore, every activity and action that you are doing in that place, make sure that you do not steal their time. You do not steal their resources and you do not make your value there worthless. These three things are very important. So the Bible says here that we have to be devoted to one another. We have to honor one another above ourselves and never lack in zeal, but keep our spiritual favor. And again, serving the Lord and be joyful in hope. We have to be patient in tribulation and also be faithful in prayer. These things are part of the Christian walk when it comes mm-hmm. to negotiation. Another scripture will come in the book of Philippians chapter 3 verse 2. I will, I will read up to you. So do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. So rather in humility, value others above yourselves. 
in humility, value others above yourself. These are the mind that we need to take when it comes to the moment where we are entering into negotiations. Again, in Luke chapter 11, verse 17, it says, a house divided against itself will never fall. And I will explain this a little bit. Give me some time, about a minute or two. When the scripture says that a house divided against itself shall never stand, it means that whatever you are doing, do not cut yourself short in the place of the equations of negotiation. In as much as you are valuing one other than yourself, you must not also cut yourself short in a place where you must also benefit from the whole equations of negotiation. So you must be careful what you are dealing with and understand the whole premise that you are opening to and make sure that everything that you are doing shall also bring you a return to the advantage of the kingdom. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And so a question comes here that what at all is negotiation? What is negotiation? When somebody says, oh, let's negotiate, what does it come to your mind about that? The, my, this is my understanding based on the few research that I made, and this is my submission to it, that it is the process of two parties desiring to come into an agreement or a consensus that will be of a benefit to both parties. Yeah. The two of us, we are coming into agreement so that the outcome of our agreement shall become good for me and good for you. In other words, it shall become a win-win situation for both of us. Amen. So there are a few things that I want to draw your attention to. But before we go into that, let's read some few scriptures from Genesis chapter 30. And let's see how a family went into negotiation between sisters and, and, and negotiation between a husband and a wife. A negotiation between a, a, two businesses and a family member. We will go into all that and see how deep these negotiation factors are intertwined with our daily lives. And we must be able to get to the place of mastering them. Hallelujah. I'm reading from Genesis chapter 30 from verse 1. The scripture says that now when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, Rachel now envied her sister. And said to Jacob, give me a child or else I die. This is the, the summation of the woman who has got no child, the favorite of the wives. And then now she feels that she's not being able to produce a child. So her demand was to the husband that if you don't give me a son or a child, I'm going to die. Hmm. Let's hear. Verse 2. And Jacob's anger was aroused against Rachel and said, Am I in the place of God who has, not with, who has withheld you from the fruit of the womb? So she said, Here is my maid, Bella. Go into her and she will bear a child on my knees yeah. that I also may have children by her. Mm -hmm. 
I hope these days, this time, I don't think that a lot of people will agree to that. And most women on the platform or even in our world will agree to that. that listen, take my handmaid or my maid servant in the house and then go, you, my husband, go into her and produce a child with her. No, 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 no. I don't think this day and age that agreement was there. But in those days, if you have a maid servant, it means that she belongs to you and every upstream of is yours. Rachel agreed to the fact that, okay, if I cannot produce, this is a strategy of negotiation that I can put into the or I can bring on the table. This is my handmaiden or my maid servant. Take her to yourself as a wife. And then whatever offspring that comes out of her shall be my child. And it shall be on my knees. And then it shall prove that I also have a child. So you see an extent of negotiation between Rachel and then the husband and then using the, 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 the maid servant as a bargaining chip to be able to produce a child because of her sister. Mm. Let's continue. Then she gave him Bilhah, uh, her maid as wife, and Jacob went into her. Uh, Jacob didn't say no. Oh, wow. And Behal conceived and bought Jacob a son. Then Rachel said, God has judged my case and has also heard my voice and given me a son. And therefore, she called his name Dan. So you see, the produce of the power of negotiation has now brought a child into existence called Dan. So Dan was not a biological son of Rachel and yet a son of Jacob by virtue of negotiation. And the meaning of Dan came to the play that God has judged my case. I pray that may the Lord judge your case for you also in the name Amen. of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Yes. And Rachel's maid Bilhah conceived again a second time. So Jacob was busy. And a second son was born. And Rachel said, with great wrestling, I have wrestled with my sister. Think about it. They are from the same mother, the same father. At those times, they were approved of that kind of marriage. And now she found herself not giving birth and realized that her sister Leah was giving birth. And so she had to use a strategy by thinking faster and be able to also become a mother by virtue of negotiation. And then gave the handmaiden bill out to the husband saying that, listen, you've got to go into my, my handmaiden and produce a child or mine is. And this happened twice. And now she has two children or two sons through this handmaiden because she was able to negotiate well. And here she is saying that now there was a struggle between me and my sister. But before time, nobody saw that there was a struggle going on. Hallelujah. Okay. So one fact of negotiation that, or one fact of things that produces negotiation is this, that whenever there is lack and there's a need to satisfy those lack, there is always a negotiation. Number two, which I can learn from here is this, that negotiation has got no limit as to how far it can go, so long as the other party is willing to accept. 
Again, when there is misunderstanding and also misappropriation of things, there is a factor that comes into place when that things happen you need to also raise the argument of negotiation so that matters can be resolved amicably so the second son now she calls him naphtali and when leah this time around this this is verse 9 and when leah saw that she had stopped bearing which means that leah was bearing already but now she found out that her monopause was playing up and the body was not home anymore producing any child. So, so when she saw that she had stopped bearing, she took Zilpah, her maid, and gave her to Jacob as wife. So now the other sister also sees the need to also enter into the race of producing of children. So she decided to give her also her, her maid servant to Jacob. So Jacob is now open to all kinds of offers, you know, from both women. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, I'm mercy. I pray the brothers here will not be praying for this grace. Amen. He is spoiled for choice. Rachel mm. is bringing uh, Bill Hard and, and Leah is also bringing Zippo. And they, every wow. one of them is bringing their, their handmaiden so that children can be. All oh, the whole thing is that every, everybody wants an advantage with Jacob. That's the end. Everyone wants the favor of Jacob. And Jacob had already settled in the matter. He loved Rachel more than Leah because the Bible says that the eye of Leah was not kind of straight. So he loved, and actually it was Rachel that he found first. <laughs> but <laughs> someone said, lucky Jacob. Lucky Jacob. Hey, Lord have mercy. Listen, it was that moment that he had already settled when he met uh, Rachel at the well. But this time around, and when the whole matter had fallen to his lap, that he has to be a father for all of them or a husband to all of them, Rachel found out that she wasn't producing. And so the activity or the strategy for him, for her to play, to also become back into the place of favor was when he decided, she decided to produce this negotiating factor, to produce the handmaiden to her, uh, to Jacob, so that Jacob can produce children from that. And she got two kids out of that. And now the sister also saw that she was not producing anymore and the favor of the husband was not towards her anymore because now there's Naphtali and there is Dan. Now she also produces Zippa and said, I go to Jacob, my husband, and produce for me. Amen. And Leah made, uh, made Zippa bought Jacob a son. Then Leah said, a troop comes. So she called the name God. So Leah found out that the child that has been born has added to my capacity. And this one is giving me opportunity to obtain favor with this man. And so he, he, she called the name of this child, God. That's a true count. And verse 12, and Leah's made Zippor bore Jacob a second son. And Leah said, I am happy for the daughters will call me blessed. So she called the name Asher. <laughs> 14. Now Reuben went in the days of wheat harvest and found mandrakes in the field and brought them to his, his mother Leah. And that's, that's her own biological son. Then Leah said to, uh, then Rachel said to Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. Listen to me carefully. Listen to me carefully. It's very, very important. 
listen to me carefully. But she said to her, is it a small matter that you have taken away my husband? Would you take away my son's mandrake also? And Rachel said, therefore, he will lie with you tonight for your son's mandrake. Ne negotiations is here. Mm -hmm. So you see the whole act of this Christian life that we are talking about, especially in a place of the fabrics of success. If the idea or strategy of, of negotiation is not in your mind, you will walk with a kind of blinded eye or blinded side of you, which you will fall into a business and somebody will take advantage of you without realizing the need to benefit from the business. So learn how to negotiate. And here, Rachel wants some of the man's mandrakes, uh, some of the mandrakes of this uh, young man. And uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Ruben, Ruben's mandrake by Leah. And Leah says that, listen, you have already taken my husband away from me. And it is true because Leah was the first that Jacob got and Rachel was the second. So in effect, Leah was supposed to be the lead in the house or in the family as a wife. And yet, because of lack of uh, production and other things, or some technicalities at play, now Rachel, with the favor of Jacob, has now retrieved Jacob back to him because he, she has two sons by, by way of Dan and Naphtali. And mm. so Rachel was not satisfied, though she has got more children. But the favor was not still on her. And so she found out that it was a stolen husband away from me by the sister. And so now she says that, okay, if that is the case, then you go in tonight with him and then give me your son's mandrakes so that I can use that to also satisfy my needs. So you see the traits of the husband now working through the wives. Mm -hmm that every one of them is now learning the act of negotiation and mm -hmm. everyone agrees to that negotiation and it benefits them. Mm -hmm. So when a child of God lacks the ability to negotiate, then you will lose out on a lot of opportunities or advantages of your life, even in terms of business, will I say, in the world. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hashado Kratos. And when Jacob came out of the field in the evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, you must come in to me, for I have surely hired you with my son's mandrakes. You see negotiation now. Hmm. Say, now you have no choice but to come to me and sleep with me for tonight because I have bought you by price of the mandrakes of my, daughter, my son people of God this negotiation factor is a very final tool when it comes to these things of uh, the fabrics of success if a child of God don't have it you are losing out please don't don't trivialize negotiation I will show you some few things that you need to learn about 10 of them or maybe more uh, by the grace of God we'll see if we can go into six or seven of them first and see how far the spirit of God will give us and then we can go on for that hallelujah Amen. Verse 17, and God listened to Leah and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. So you see 
that the agreement between Rachel and Leah based on the son's mandrake, Reuben's mandrake from the farm, now God is hearing the voice of the woman so that Jacob coming into her, now producing a child by way of God answering the agreement between the two, the negotiating factor. So if you don't negotiate, there is nothing that the Lord will stand on to agree or to bring an answer to you in terms of the need for you to also prosper in the whole equation. So you must also put something down on the table. Uh, I mean, it's important. Yes. Hallelujah. And Leah said, God has given me my wages. So you see, the negotiation has come, has come to the place of uh, wages. So God has given me my wages and has given me my handmaiden. So she called his name Issachar. And Leah conceived again and bore Jacob a son. And Leah said, God has, given, God has endowed me with good endowment. And now my husband will dwell with me because I have borne him six sons. So she called his name Zebulon. And after she bore a daughter, she called her name Diana. Then God remembered Rachel. And God listened to her and opened her womb. People of God, you see the whole story that from verse 1 coming all the way to 24, we have seen that the hand of God even comes into play where negotiation happens. Whatever you agreed on, that is what God is going to bless upon. Amen. So be careful what you say yes to in terms of your negotiation. And don't cut yourself short. And don't try to take undue advantage over others. But make sure that what you are agreeing upon is a fair deal, both for the partner and both for yourself, so that the two of you can walk in agreement by the grace of God. So mm -hmm. she called his name Joseph. That's when the Lord now opened her womb. After all this one, now she called the name of the son Joseph. So if you have ever heard the name Joseph in the Bible, this is the process where the name of Joseph came into play. It came into play because the mother chose to have an agreement with, with negotiation factor in play. And then from that point, the Lord opens her womb. But it took a steps, a couple of steps for her to get to this point. So negotiation is very important. Let's go to verse 25. Jacob's agreement with labor. And it came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph, after now Joseph is coming to a play, <laughs> let's hear what Jacob did. That Jacob said to Laban, send me away that I may go to my own place and to my country and give me my wives and my children from whom I have served you for. And let me go for you know my service which I have done for you. So literally, Jacob, after all these years, 14 years plus, he is now coming to the place of realizing that he needs to go into his own and, and build his own family. We have done that already. And let's see what he says from that point. 27. And Labor said to Jacob, please stay. Please stay. Yesterday, last week, we talked about it. We talked about smart thinking and also being, being, being secret about stuff. And now Laban is telling him that stay. Why? Say, if I have found favor in your eyes, and for I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. 
So you look at the whole thing going on here. Laban knows the value, the value of the life of Jacob. Mm -hmm. That's another factor to have in play. That with all the other things that you have, you have to also worth carry the value of the things that you are going for. The porridge, the porridge. Sometimes we sell ourselves short. Men in particular, they sell themselves short just for a moment of, of sleeping with a woman. And then they have forgotten that the rest of the life of this man, you have sold your dignity or your information of, of respect away, you know, just for just how many minutes of, 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 of enjoyment in, in the bed. So you sell yourself short unfortunately a lot of people have sold their dignity their integrity their opportunity their favor the wisdom of god the career of grace the anointing of god on their life the way everything they've just sold it for just one night stand lord have mercy hallelujah and so now the wages of this man needs to come into play because now Laban realizes that his prosperity is not because of his shrewdness, but it is because of the blessing that Jacob brought into the business. Let's continue. So then he said, name your wages and I will give it. You see the technique that now Laban is playing. He's giving him a blank check to sign. And that is where we can get an error or we can make a mistake. And we will learn all of those things that we need to learn from by the grace of God. Hallelujah. So Jacob 29, so Jacob said to him, now these are the statements that we have to be careful with. Uh, we need to analyze it, but I can't go deeper into that. Make sure that when the whole thing comes, you begin to also be buying to it when the book is, is released. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. So Jacob Amen. said to him, you know Amen. how I have served you and how your livestock has been with me. He is now trying to also sell his presence in his business to let him know that all these years I have been with you, it has been a profit to you. Yes. Mm -hmm. For what you had before I came was little. And it has increased so great amount. The Lord has blessed you since my coming. And I pray that this shall be my story and your story as well. That wherever you are, because of your presence there, there shall be a blessing by the grace of God. That's what the Bible says that Jacob, Joseph, Joseph, because of Joseph, the house of Potiphar was blessed. Yes. And it was something that came from the father that rubbed on Joseph. So when you hear the story of Joseph everywhere, it is from the father Jacob that rested upon him for him to become who he was. Amen. Oh Lord, have mercy. He said, and now when I shall also provide for myself and for my own house. So now he's also trying to weigh or value what is necessity to him. We'll talk about all that in a moment. I will summarize everything for you said so he said what i shall give what shall i give you that was jacob and jacob said you shall not give me anything this statement is something that i want us to begin to work on in our minds don't give me anything the bible says in romans that be devout to one another in love and honor one another above yourselves so now jacob is playing that game here that he's not trying to big himself too much 
or to raise his own platform or his own nose too much. Though he knows for sure that his presence is adding value to the life of Laban and his business. But he's saying that, look, don't give me anything. Let's continue whatever he said. So give me nothing. If you will do this thing for me, I will again feed and keep your flocks. So now partnership and agreement is coming into play. So now let me pass through your flock today. That very day. Let me pass through your flock. Verse 32. Let me pass through your flock today. Removing from there all the speckled and spotted sheep and all the brown ones among the, among the lambs and the spotted and speckles among the goats and these shall be my wages. Here he opened an open-ended request. One, the spotted, the speckle of the lamb, the spotted and the speckle of the lamb and the brown. So there was so much spectrum from which he was trying to gain more to himself. And Laban didn't like the idea. And so he had to also do a shrewd business, a negative way to make Jacob's plans or Jacob's agreement becomes non-effect or become like void so that he does not benefit from his agreement. Let's see what happens from there on. First, so my righteousness will answer for me in times to come. And that's one major thing when negotiation comes to play, that the righteous mentality that you add to your negotiating factor will actually bring an answer to you even in the future. When the subject of my wages comes before you, everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and, um, uh, and brown among the lambs will be considered stolen if it is with me. So here, he is setting the whole premise of the agreement saying that if you find anything that is within this confinement or within this spectrum that I'm giving to you, consider that as a stolen thing from you. Let's hear what Laban said in verse 34. And Laban said, oh, that it were according to your word. This is the statement of Laban. And that's the whole sentence in the, in the verse, verse 34. Say, this is by your word, which means that I will listen to whatever you have said, and I'm agreeing to that. And therefore, that binds the two of us. This is what we have negotiated for, and I'm agreeing to that, and it binds the two of us. So he removed that day the male goats that were spotted, speckled, and all the female goats that were spotted and speckled, and everyone that he had among them white in it, and all the brown ones and among the lambs, and gave them into the hands of his sons. Then he put three days' journey between them and himself and Jacob, and Jacob fed the rest of the lambs. Now Jacob took for himself rods of almond tree, and that was what we did last week. I will leave it that way. I, will, I don't want to go any further. But I want to focus on this negotiation factor. That now Jacob has seen all the import importance of obtaining that. So he agreed on the spotted ones, the speckled ones, the brown ones between the goats, goats and the sheep. And then together, this Laban strategy was making sure that in the morning, 
because they agreed that in the night. So by the, by the morning that the night will fall, they will not be able to have anything. Jacob will not have anything at his disposal. So he removed all the spotted and the speckled one away from the sheep, gave it to his sons, that's Laban's sons, and then Laban's sons traveled three days' journey. That's about 60 miles between the two of them. And then the, the morning came, Jacob had nothing to start with. And that was when he gained this experience by the revelation of the Lord in the night. And he kept his mouth shut when we spoke about it last week. And he began to use that strategy by way of putting the, the sticks by the watering trowel. And he produced the offspring. That's the mutation of the, of, the, of the sheep to the specifics that he actually agreed upon. And this, the Lord blessed because that was what he agreed upon. So these are some principles to keep in mind when you are entering on the negotiation table. Number one, you've got to be prepared. You have to be prepared, one, to understand the business that you are in because Jacob understood how to raise, to raise sheep. So he desired to now ask his wages. He didn't ask for money. He rather requests for a particular breed that will come in there that can also benefit him in terms of business. So you must understand, prepare yourself by understanding the business that you are going in. Consider the key objectives that is in your mind, your motives, why you want that particular agreement. And again, look into the priorities that you have to set in motion. That was one of the things that he did. He set his priorities right. He knew the need to also raise issues for his family. That is ways and means to take, for, take care of his family. So he said, the law, he said, listen, if I have found favor in your sight, let me go. See me off so that I can also take care of my, my own. So you must have all those things at play. And you must be confident in your preparation mode. You've got to have a sense of confidence in you and be able to project that as a child of God in business, whether in the corporate world, whether in the secular world, everywhere you are, you've got to be confident. You have to have understanding of the business you are going in or the job application that you are applying, the kind of business you are in. You have to have your key objectives uh, very well organized so that you don't go in there as if that you know nothing. Number two, you have, to, you have to probe. You have to begin to listen to how the whole uh, business transactions are made, how things are going on in the field that you are trying to enter in or in the business field that you want to get into. You must do your feasibility study. Know the challenges that you are facing. Know the things that will be an advantage when you come on board, what you can pick up or the places where you can block some chances that can cause you a kind of a defect or disadvantage. Make sure that you probe into all that. Ask questions stay engaged into the business be, be, be confident with everything that goes on with the business so that you are not entering in as a novice again seek the knowledge of things that you want to go into hallelujah the things that you don't know you have to ask questions about them do your investigations well and do your information gathering that's number two Number three, you got to have the possibilities of everything in mind that it can go good for you or it can go sour for you. If you look at it carefully, Jacob agreed. 
to the spotted and speckled ones. And Laban agreed to that. But at the night, before the morning for him to do that act of taking those sheep, it wasn't there. So the possibility of meeting a very unfavorable condition can also appear or be on the silver platter if you don't realize it. So oh, have the open-mindedness to enter into that business. And once you are in there, have these possibilities that it can go other ways. And so you get yourself prepared. Hallelujah. Amen. Get yourself the best alternatives. So if it goes this way, what am I going to do? If it goes that way, what am I going to do? Have all those alternatives at play and let your prayer, which the Bible says in Romans chapter uh, 10, verse, chapter 12, verse 11 and 12, uh, 12, be joyful in hope, patient in uh, affliction, and also be faithful in prayer. So your prayer becomes part of it. Your patience becomes part of it. And also having hope, knowing that it can also go well for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Number four, propose. Amen. Propose. That is put your stuff also on the table. That set a tone for your price and don't open, don't have an open range. That is one of the things that Jacob had. He says that the brown, the spotted, the speckled, the this and all that, both in the sheep and the goats. And he got, and he got Laban scared. He said, hi. He said, you are taking everything away. Eh? Okay, then we will see who will win in the morning. And from that time, when he woke up, Everything was zero. So he had to start from that point. So your proposal must be in a place of agreement, in a place where it is acceptable, not because you are trying to cheat the person, but also, also weighing the value you are bringing on the table, and you are using that to also demand something that can be of a benefit to you and both the business and yourself as well. Hallelujah. Amen. Again, you have to justify Amen. your price. That is the proposal. Jacob justified his price. He said that because of my coming, your flock has increased, which means that he is a man of value. He is a man blessed. He is a man who carries something that makes things progress. Hallelujah. Amen. And the third thing is, in the place of proposal, don't accept uh, uh, offers quickly. Don't accept offers quickly. Sometimes we say, oh, yes, yes, yes. When we don't know the full story, you know, mm -hmm. make sure that you are confident and you know what you are taking in, uh, at home. You know what is coming on your platform. You know what you are receiving for yourself. So be careful what you are saying yes to. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Another point that I Amen. can raise up is that all of you must have a common interest. Common interest. That is you understand the, straight, the terrain that you are in because Jacob knows that his presence in the business of Laban will produce profit for him. And again, it is also no, Jacob also notices that when he stays in there, he can get some offspring for himself. And so he says that, okay, when I stay, this is what I'm going to ask for. And then he said, okay, I agree to that. So you must have a common interest in the business deal. So it becomes more or less like a win-win situation for you. There could also be a conflict of interest. A conflict of interest is here. When Laban realized that now Jacob is asking for the spotted and the speckle, he realized that he will also not have any of those. So it became a conflict of interest to him. 
So he now he used a shrewd way of removing those ones away from him. So Jacob began to start from zero, which I've already said. Hallelujah. And again, Amen. compromise. That's point number eight or nine. Compromise. You must be willing to come to a place of understanding to say that, yes, I am prepared to take this and I'm prepared to give that. And number 10, the condition. Under what condition are you saying yes to those things? And for how long? So the scripture says that it took six years of Jacob's life under Laban again, just for his wages alone, just for his wages. So 14 years for the children and for the wives, and then another six years, so 20 years that he served under Laban. So you must know the condition under which you are agreeing or those terms or negotiating, negotiating those terms, attempts. These are the don'ts that you have to have at the back of your mind when you are in the place or on the table of negotiation. One, don't allow for open-end price. Oh, whatever you give me is okay. Don't allow for that. Mm -hmm. If you say, oh, anything that you give me, I may give you a pound. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're expecting about 100. Mm -hmm. And so your heart cannot say, oh, add a bit more. But based on what you said, oh, give me whatever you can. And some of the people don't have discretion to see the value you have brought on the table. And so what the best they can do for you is to cook you a nice meal and say, eat it and go home. Hmm. But they have forgotten that you took a car, a taxi, or a cab, or Uber, or whatever, to come to where you have to come and do the job and then go back home. So you have to allow, don't allow for open-end price. Say something that this is what I'm prepared to take. Can you offer? He says, no, I can't do that. Okay, I can give this. All right. It's a, it's a place of compromise that you understand. Okay, you are trying. He is also pulling his weight or she is pulling his weight. So we all agree to this place. It is not, it's not all that it is though, but it is something that is better. But if you say give your price and I give you something small, you may not be happy. So always don't allow for that. Again, don't neglect to negotiate. Some people feel that, oh, negotiation is very uncomfortable. So, uh, like me, I, I, I don't like negotiation. It's something that I really don't like. I want you to come out of your heart to say, I'll give you this. It is not good. Based on these teachings that I've, I've learned myself today, it is not a good idea. Say something. Hallelujah. It is said, okay. research, when I was doing my stuff, my studies, it was, a, a research came with CNN saying that about... 7% of high school graduates, that is those with a higher level of uh, this in, comes into the workforce of women in terms of women who are able to negotiate for their prizes. And 57% of men negotiate for their prizes. So you can imagine, we all went to the same school, but only 7% of the women were able to say, I want, uh, I want, mm. I want this, I want that. But 57 of percent yes. of men are able to demand what they want. And so they mm. get more. 
So why? Because they said that the women don't like argument. They don't like to pull matters too long. They don't want a negotiation when it comes to money matters. They feel that they are, uh, they, they use a term, I don't like to put it in here, you know. They feel that they, they don't want to feel like they are becoming like, uh, you know, like men with balls, you know. So they would rather choose to do whatever. Uh, whatever you give me is okay. No. Learn to negotiate. Hallelujah. So don't neglect to negotiate. Amen. Number three, don't let your ego get in the way. Eh, without me, you cannot prosper. Yes. Without me, you cannot do this. Don't let your ego get in the way. Hmm. Jacob saw how valuable he was, but he said, I don't give me anything. Hmm. So humility played here. And from that point, when he began to open his mouth, he was seeking for the spotted and the speckled. In as much as Laban uh, cheated on him on that bit. In Israel, the spotted sheep and goats are not valuable. That's the truth. The, the, in, in those Eastern world, when somebody wants something uh, in terms of uh, a goat or something, they always want what that is pure. They want a pure goat. Say if it's a sheep, they want a pure white sheep. Sometimes they even wash them. They literally wash them to get their wools nice and shiny. And some of them, they comb them. So when they bring them to the market, you see it's a wow. And they are, their prices are high. But when it's a spotted one, black or brown and all that, they don't have that great value in, in, in terms of uh, um, purchasing power. Hallelujah. So you mm -hmm. have to have that at the back of your mind. Don't let your ego get in the way. Again, don't have unrealistic expectations. The boss is receiving $100,000 a, a year. And you are asking $110,000, the one who is interviewing you. Can that be possible? Hmm. You look at it and say, that's my wages. My, that's 10% more than my wages. How am I going to give to you? You are, you, you are coming to serve work for me and you are asking for more. So you have to be realistic. Don't over uh, high or hype your, your, your listen. Again, number five, don't get overly emotional. Other people put their emotion into it and they'll be all over the place. Yes, please don't get overly emotional. Number six, don't let the past get in the way of the present. So whatever happened yesterday, like Jacob now found out that Laban was a, a trickster because he worked for uh, Rich, uh, Rachel. And now Laban, Leah was the one that Laban brought to him in the night, covered up with, with, veil, with a veil. And so he went in there enjoying his, his first night and then opened the veil in the morning and said, who is this one now? You know, and he said, ah, I've been cheated. And he got upset. He forgot all the fun that he had in the night, got upset, went to Laban and said, how dare you cheat on me like this? And, hey. Listen, brother, take it easy. This is a custom. This is something that we do here. His emotions got in the way. But when he came this time around to the place of negotiating, negotiation, he did not allow his emotion to get in the way. Even though Laban cheated on him again, he kept quiet. There was no place of Jacob memory or scripture bringing to the place that, ah, why have you taken all the spotted and the second one away from me? He didn't say a word. He kept quiet. 
because he now understood he has come to the place of maturity to understand that he will not let the past get in the way of the present because God can make a way where there seems to be no way. If the Lord who made him prosperous in the sight of this Laban is still at work in his side or in his favor, he can do something for him. So he didn't allow that. And the last one, point number seven, don't be in haste. Don't be in haste. Sometimes we can rush. Sometimes we can speed up. Sometimes we can want it now. Oh, let it be now. Hey, I, I used to have that kind of anxiety. If I want something, I want it now. And I need it now. No matter what. So sometimes, I, especially when you go to the shop and you want to buy. Uh, have you done a lay-by before? No. When you go to the shop, you know for sure that this uh, cloth, you want it. And you think that a size is only one left. If you don't put it on the side and put some deposit on there, somebody might come for it and then you will lose out on that, on that cloth. Have you done that before? Yes, some people, <laughs> yeah, somebody people do a lay-by or lay-away so that they can pick it up again. And then their last penny, they rush for it. And then after they buy the thing and they wear it once, now you walk into the shop and a new one has come on the market that is much more cheaper, but more valuable, more powerful, more beautiful than what you had before. <laughs> so don't be in haste always allow the spirit to lead you and guide you in a place of negotiation and if you do that the lord will help you to be successful to excel in all that you do by the grace of god hallelujah Amen. i pray that this word have a way in your heart i pray that this word begins to settle in your spirit in the name of jesus christ i declare in the name of jesus christ that this word will begin to draw you to the place of understanding to know that god is capable hallelujah god is capable of helping you to achieve to be successful in everything that you do in the name of jesus christ never rush in anything that you do by the grace of god so i want to summarize everything um on the principles or the points that you have to have at the back of your mind number one you have to be prepared number two you have to probe the things that you are dealing with uh, number three you have to be uh, have uh, open possibilities you have to propose your own your also a uh, point i think partnership is what i didn't talk about that partnership is also very important hallelujah and number mm -hmm. five uh, number six you have to have a common interest. Number seven, you have to deal with your conflict of interest. Number eight, you have to compromise and learn how to compromise one way or the other. And number nine or 10, you have to have the conditions. You have to understand the conditions. Don't allow for open price. Don't neglect to negotiate. Don't let your ego get in the way and you don't have unrealistic expectations. Don't get overly emotional and don't let the past get in the way of the present and don't be in haste. Negotiate with wisdom and with the influence of the Holy Spirit and may it go benefit or better, uh, blessings for you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen.